When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Patriots Beat is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. All right, everyone, welcome back in for day 11. It's in the books, Patriots training camp, Patriots Beat podcast live here on the CLNS Media Network. Brian Hines from Pat's Pulpit, as always with Alex Barth from 98.5 The Sports Hub. And rainy Foxborough day today, and we got out there. Full pads, freshly painted field. Land Clark's officiating crew was in house today. It kind oh, of, was it Land Clark? I didn't see who it was. Oh yeah, we we. I mean, Land. As uh, Mike Reese pointed out, referee number one thirty in your notebook. So, um, looked like we were kind of headed for a, a big day, but didn't didn't really get it. We got some one on ones and stuff, which we'll get into with the pads, but. Kind of a lot of 11-on-11 11 11 work and a lot of scout team work with Malik Cunningham at quarterback, which was interesting. But just kind of revving up here for the preseason game it looked like on Thursday. Yeah, definitely felt like a, a game prep kind of practice. And I don't I don't recall seeing them do that that intently during the during training camp in the past. But there's been a couple of things this year just in terms of the structure of camp that have been different than past years. And, and you can add this to the list. Yep. But, um, yeah, we just mentioned Malik Cunningham. I thought that was one of the biggest things from that practice, even though it was Before we start, let me – sorry, Brian, let me just try. Uh, I'm, I'm, some people are telling me that the chat function is not working. Uh, we're, we're working on We didn't box you guys out on purpose. Just wanted to throw that out there. Because okay. I know I, – I love our, our friends in the chat, our loyal friends in the chat. I know people are, are going to get annoyed with that. So we see it. We're, we're trying to fix it. We'll get on that. But, um, yeah, uh, scout team looked – First time really this summer we got a good look at Malik Cunningham at, at quarterback, which was interesting. Didn't really wow with the arm, I'd say, but you can tell fast, elusive in the open field. You know, he had a few runs, scrambles. So kind of nice to see him back there. And it looks like we might get a good look at him Thursday night in the preseason. I know we said Yesterday, we wouldn't be surprised if we saw Mac, but the way they practice today and with this offensive line, which we'll also get into still being banged up, wouldn't really really surprise me if we don't see a lot of the starters Thursday and there's Malik Cunningham and, you know, Zappy and Trace McSorley at quarterback with a lot of these kind of second and third guys. But Malik got his first extended run really behind center for the first time since we've really been out there in the spring or the summer. Yeah, and because that's he's he's going to be the scout team quarterback. This is what we've talked about since they signed him. He's a guy that can replicate replicate CJ Stroud's skill set probably better than Bailey Zappi or or even Trace McSorley. And Matt, you're not going to have the starter be the scout team quarterback, so it's not going to be Mac Jones. But this is why again we've talked about like he's going to be here, even if he's a developmental wide receiver, he's going to provide value right away as that guy that can come in and emulate some of these more mobile quarterbacks. Yep, and you mentioned Stroud. D'Amico Ryan said this morning that he's going to start that Thursday preseason game here. So good look at the number number two overall pick right out of the gate. But um, we'll get O-line in a second, but I just wanted to hit play of the day because Kayshawn Booty yes. just 
just keeps doing it, right? It seems like every single practice now, Kayshawn Booty has a catch that we're just like, that's impressive. And today was probably his best one yet. It was from Cunningham. He was rolling out to his right. It was a little errant. It was behind him. And Booty, like full extension with his right hand, pulls it in for a touchdown. So we knew the potential was there. And it's like a play a day he's making and looks like he's really making kind of a – just trying to make this receiver room even more interesting than it already is. Yeah, fitting for a, a former LSU receiver to make a play like that, going behind yep. his head, one hand right, palming the ball. But it's it's. I always say you don't let one playmaker break a player's camp. And I'm not going to sit here and say, "Okay, oh, Sean Booty made this one incredible catch." Like Scotty Washington had an unbelievable catch too today. Yep. I'm not going to sit here and say Scotty Washington should make the team, but it's just day after. You know, Bill Belichick always talks about stacking days. That's what Kayshawn Booty's doing right now. He's stacking days, and between him and Demario Douglas. You're, you're, I, I don't know that they're going to like have a definitive number one between those two guys, like a definitive number one receiver guy is going to shoot to the top of the depth chart, but they have two guys that look like they can make plays and they need that in that room right now. And they have other guys that are probably going to be on the roster a guy like Taquan Thornton, who isn't making plays right now. He had another rough day. He's getting open now, which is progress, but there was uh one play where, uh, or, or two plays really where he essentially just had drops. He essentially just dropped the ball and you can't have that. Like, like that's not making plays. So Kayshawn booties rise, but Demario Douglas is creating a very interesting situation. And I was focused on the trenches more and one-on-ones, but I did see Douglas looked like he had two nice wins uh, in those wide receiver defensive back one-on-ones. So he continues to impress. Were you on Were you on those receivers for that? Yeah, yeah. So I had to go a little back and forth today. But Demario, Demario Douglas and Hunter Henry, I think, are both undefeated in one-on-ones. They've both been excellent. <clears throat> and receivers should win one-on-ones. Yeah. Like, that's just – you're never going to be in a – like, that. it's advantage wide receiver where there's no help over the top. But the way in which Douglas is winning these, I mean, he's putting guys on the turf. It's very exciting. It's not like I remember earlier when they had pads, there was a play. It was like Parker versus Gonzalez and Parker might have threw like four moves on him and then got open and made the catch. And in the notebook, that goes down as a a win for Parker, but that would never happen in a game. But with Douglas, it's like one move and he's open, right? Like game speed, game reps. So he he continues to impress in those one-on-ones even if they're not the best metric for receivers, but he he makes them, you know, pretty convincing wins. It, it, it's it's a thing where, like, you're not going to look at it and be like, this guy wins one-on-ones. He's good. Yeah. You're not going to defend it. So, like, for instance, Riley Reef was really good again today in one-on-ones, as he was the other day. But I'm not going to sit here and tell you Riley Reef's having a good camp because in the team drills, it's not showing up. But for a rookie like Demario Douglas, who is then backing it up in the team drills, you look at that and say he's beating NFL corners and he's doing it in a number of different ways. That's encouraging. Yep. So we can get into the O-line a little because I had Reef wanted to talk about him. Same thing as we've been talking about. Two wins and one-on-ones, right? Really good in in that that setting. But then once it flips over to 11s, he had a rough day, and, and the whole offensive line continues to have kind of a, a rough few days here. Still down four starters, Trent Brown, in pads, but he didn't participate. He said after practice that it was an injury. That's why he, he's not out there. But 
kind of a weird situation there. He kind of laughed at us when we asked if it was contract related. So we'll see what, I mean, not kind of, he did. He laughed at yeah, us. He, yeah. So, but it, it's weird, right? Cause if it's an injury, he's out there in pads, injured players don't usually talk to us, but uh, we'll, we'll see what happens with Trent Cole strange still out. David Andrews was back, but he was kind of in and out. And then on one news still on the pop, obviously. So, Still that makeshift offensive line, and it wasn't pretty. And Reef, that same thing, really good at one-on-ones. But when it goes over to 11s and you have the full defense on the field, it doesn't click there. He gave up a sack or would-be sack. I had Devon Godchow beating him, and then looked like Josh Uche kind of ran around him later later in the uh, a different 11-on-11 session. So that same type of up-and-down performance from Reef as we, as we move along here. Yeah, it's a, as weird as it sounds, nothing really new on the offensive nope. line. It's this is just going to be a thing, it seems like, for a while that, hey, they don't really have their starters. And we just kind of have to adjust all our takes around that. And even the the one starter that's out there, whether it's Reef or, or McDermott, is still, especially McDermott, is struggling. Yep. McDermott was, I had him for two wins, two and one on one. So. But, you know, still shaky in the five-on-fives and lots of flags from that group. I had four or five flags from good old Lance crew today. So just – Well, just... look, they, they throw a lot of flags. We do yeah. know that. That's not news. That, but is, that is true. <laughs> at, at, at the same time, yeah, kind of to your point, um, we we as bad as it's been with the offensive line, this is the first day there's been refs. It might be worse because we're not even seeing necessarily all the holds and everything that are happening. Yep. So that'll be – Probably one of the biggest things to watch Thursday when different competitor live action, how those type of young guys, guys like Andrew Stuber, maybe he makes a push here with some of those veterans struggling or, or those rookies or, you know, guy like Cody Rusi, who's kind of been plugged into the mix. He got tossed around by Christian Barmore on probably the best one-on-one rep today ended up uh, on his backside, but uh, he's had a few good days. I mean, Armour just lifted him off the ground. Yeah, it was, it was violent. He threw him out the club. He threw him out the club. Yeah. So that'll, that'll be interesting to watch Thursday, how, how those kind of young interior or even some of those younger tackles fare against some different competition. Maybe we'll get some Will Anderson against them. That would be exciting, but we'll, we'll see that. Be exciting. I think for Will Anderson. Oh yeah, definitely. He's probably looking forward to that one. But yeah, we'll see. I mean, the starters repped a ton today. And generally when the starter this is more for joint practices, but generally when the starters rep a ton um, during the week, it means less involvement in the preseason games. We'll see how that factors in here. Cause again, like I said, there's a couple things structurally that this preseason has just been different. The training camp's just been different for the Patriots. I think that's probably the Bill O'Brien effect, but Based off what I saw today, I, I, I'm with you. I'm not sure how much we see the starters on Thursday. Yeah, kind of looked like opposite of what we said yesterday where we might see Mac. I'm not so sure anymore, especially behind that offensive line. But um, any other offensive things you had over there? Um, let me let me pull up my notebook here. Uh, I think that was pretty much it. I mean, we talked – yeah, Cunningham, a quarterback, the Kayshawn booty catch – Rough day for Bailey Zappi. Yeah. Rough day for, uh, Bailey, Zappi. Yeah. Rough day for Bailey Zappi. He had four or five passes broken up. It's second day in a row. He's had multiple passes broken up. It's at the line of scrimmage. It's down the field. 
under through. He had Raleigh Webb open deep under through him, got picked off by Marcus Jones, who Marcus Jones finally had a good day. It's been kind of a rough camp for Marcus Jones, but he finally had a good day today. But yeah, it, it seemed like last week, maybe Bailey Zappi was building some momentum. Uh, last two days have not been not been favorable for him. Yeah, it, it's been bad around the line of scrimmage too. Yesterday they brought out like the paddles and he kind of was like missing some throws, even some short throws. Today, pass breakups, one at the line of scrimmage with Christian Barmore, big day for him. So not a great few few last two days from, from Zappi. I had Devontae Parker just continues to haul in these jump balls down the sideline. He had another one from Mac today over, I think it was Isaiah Bolden, I believe. So just another day in the office for that 50-50, or as he likes to call it, 80-20 guy on the outside. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's he's continued to be, like I said, arguably Hunter Henry's been their best skill position player in camp. I have him as their best skill position player in camp, but if it's not him, it's Devontae Parker. Yep. Yep. He's stacking good days together. Uh Bourne. Bourne was busy, but he had a few drops. It was rainy, so still like to see him catch them, obviously. He he and Jack Jones had some good one-on-ones and it looked like in, in those sessions. And then, yeah, Taekwon pretty quiet again, but that's pretty much all I had from the offensive standpoint, I believe. Yeah, Bourne was an interesting day. Like, he he struggled early, but he bounced back late. Sometimes guys have days like that. I, yeah. I thought overall it was a good day for him, and he, he's really starting to come on strong here. By the way, chat's working again. So shout out to Amit for getting that fixed quick. Chat is up. So you guys can discuss in the comments if you'd like. But, um... Yeah, we uh, mentioned Jack Jones still getting reps with that opposite Christian Gonzalez, right? I know we asked Bill this morning what happened when he walked out of practice, and Bill obviously didn't go into much detail about it. But, I mean, they haven't – I think you pointed out today, like they haven't been shy of putting a guy like Isaiah Bolden out there with the starters. Yeah. But, they're still putting Which Jack he was, Jones. He was a little bit today, but yeah. But they're they haven't like this. It doesn't look like they're benching or punishing Jack Jones at all because he's just out there opposite of Christian right. Gonzalez. And they don't John need Jones. to put Jack Jones out there. If they didn't yeah. want to put Jack Jones out there, if they wanted to give him a slap on the wrist, they could. They haven't. Yeah. And and John Jones was not out there again today, neither was Slater. So yeah, it, it was Jack and Marcus Jones working opposite Christian Gonzalez for the most part of the day. So it doesn't look like he's going to be punished at all for that kind of whatever happened last Thursday that was. Yeah, it, it, it's weird how quick everybody's been to kind of uh, brush it under the rug. I, I'm, I'm starting to think it actually was something mundane, and it just looked worse from the outside looking in. Perhaps. Just the walking off the field part. I, I, so weird yeah that's the only thing and obviously it's not something mundane because if it was like oh it was an equipment malfunction you had to go back and get it fixed i think they'd say that at this point so something happened but i'm starting it wasn't some massive scandalous thing that would make sense that would make sense but um yeah i I don't know that's like all i have for my notes it was just kind of that like weird low tempo day even with the pads on but I mean, this was a regular season practice. This was a yeah. regular season get ready for a game practice. And there's only so much evaluating you can do, I think, in a period like that. Yep, I'd agree. I'm just looking through my notebook. I don't think 
We didn't even get that much from the specialists today. You don't have a ton to talk about with the specialists. I know. Chad Ryland didn't even kick. It was Nick uh, Nick Folk's day today. I had him four for five, missed 47, looked like a little wide left, and then he hit another one, which was 50 yards, but it wasn't with like a live rush. But in the rain, wet conditions, smooth operation all around it looked like, and Nick Folk four for five, so – Good day. Good day for Falk. Yeah. Yeah. Good day for him. And he was involved in the kickoffs too. So that he, he's still hanging around. It's not over yet, but I, I, I still think that that Ryland's been the better kicker so far yeah. this summer. Like we said yesterday, probably the only path for both would be if they want to do that Folk from 40 in and then Ryland gets, you know, the longer stuff, the kickoffs, the, the cold weather, the, those types of kicks. But yeah, I, I would go Ryland still, obviously. We all know. I love my Chad Ryland and Bryce Barringer. But, um, yeah, Folk, maybe he makes it interesting in, in that department that they, they keep two. I don't I don't see it with the depth on the roster at other positions. I don't think he could so just – two takes I've seen a lot is or are they should keep six receivers. Yep. And they should keep two kickers. You're not getting both. I don't think you're getting one. There's no way in hell you're getting both. No. So there, there's going to be a crunch somewhere. And I just, I don't think the way this roster is setting up, I don't think two kickers is realistic. No, because you have that depth at like the defensive line with guys like Anthony Jennings on the edge and then Mac Wilson. They have, I have them with eight linebackers on right now. Now that's including Marte Mapu and Chris Board, who could be safety and special team respectively. But I mean, they're, there, there's some positions where they're going to have to keep a lot yeah. of guys. Offensive line, they might have to keep nine offensive linemen because out of necessity. Well, it, not just that, Jake. So a lot of people are like, oh, you just cut a guy and, and you, you know you bring him back after you play somebody on IR. It's that easy. The thing about doing that with certain players, especially rookies, and people forget this is you still cut the player. If you have a guy on a rookie deal and you cut him. You don't bring him back on that rookie deal. You bring him back on a one-year contract, and now you have to go year to year with him as an ERFA and then an RFA. You don't want to do that if you don't have to. So you have Jake Andrews, who's a fourth-round pick. Uh, you, you have City Sal, who was a fourth-round pick, or City Sue, who was a fourth-round pick. Antonio Mafi, who was a fifth-round pick. Those are probably guys you're not going to cut. So you have those three. If none of those guys are starters, you add the starting offensive line. That's another... That's you're now up to eight. And then Riley Reefer, Connor McDermott, whoever your backup tackle is, now you're at nine. And that's not including Calvin Anderson if he's still on NFI. So unless they're going to burn some of these contracts or there's a surprise cut up front, one of those veteran tackles gets cut, which I think there's a chance one of them does. You're looking at nine, maybe 10 offensive linemen. So that's going to create a crunch. Yep. I want to build off that, but should we hear from... One of our friends first before we do that. Yes, let's hear from uh, FanDuel first. We'll hear from LinkedIn next, but let's hear from in a second. Where is the thing? Uh, let us hear from drumroll, please. Here it is, FanDuel. Because I will tell you that football season is about to kick off and FanDuel's giving you a chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you get you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. That's a good deal. 
Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl. You'll get bonus bets for every victory. You can use your bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sports book. That's FanDuel.com slash Boston. 21 plus and present in MA. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at FanDuel.com backslash sportsbook. Hope is here. Gambling helpline MA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. All right, so we were just talking about the, the the potential roster crunch, especially along that offensive line. I was talking to someone today. Do you think it's there's a chance? And, and I have to look if they cut Connor McDermott, is he waiver eligible or is he just go right to free agent? Do you know? I uh, he I think he just goes right to free agency. I think I'm not that positive. Could be a guy because they claimed him off a of practice squad last year, and I know he was solid for them down the stretch and. Do you think he could be a guy that maybe they they cut at that initial roster cut down, save one of these rookie contracts somewhere, whether it's on the offensive line or at, at a receiver, and then you just sign him back to the practice squad, then you can elevate him for the first two weeks of the season there, and then maybe someone gets hurt or you have another roster shuffle, and then you can elevate him up. Maybe, but if he's your starting right tackle – you're not going to risk that. Yeah. And right now it looks like he's the starting right tackle. If he was going to be like the third tackle, the backup, the swing tackle, I'd say, yeah, that makes perfect sense. You're not, you, you can't risk that with your starting right tackle. You can't. So I don't know that they're going to have the flex, flexibility to do that as much as it might make sense, you know, big picture roster wise. You could have Philly come in and just snag him just for one week. So right. No. And, and yeah, maybe the Eagles give them a give them a, a 53 man spot if they have one. Like you said, that that would make a ton of sense. Or the Jets hold on to them for a month or something like that. They uh, didn't didn't uh, Beckton get hurt in the Hall of Fame game like they might. They're probably gonna need a tackle. So I, I, I don't think you can risk it with Connor McDermott. I had that on my initial roster projection. This is when we thought Riley Reef was going to be the starting tackle and Calvin Anderson was in the picture. But if Anderson's not available and Reef's not good. Is is that really worth the risk exposing Connor McDermott? I don't think it is. Only if like someone like Stuber like really balls out here in the preseason and you're comfortable, which I don't see that happening necessarily. But yeah, that that would be risky, and the Jets would be a good one to watch. I don't know if Beckton is is probably hurt. That's what his career has been so far, but um. That's where McDermott was from. You play them week two. That would kind of make sense for them to maybe snag him right out from under you there. So, yeah, they they have a lot of depth, especially on that defensive side of the ball. So if you want to keep six receivers, two kickers, nine linemen, nine linebackers, whatever it is, someone you're going to have to make some tough moves somewhere there. Yeah. Uh, I was just looking at. We do have a, a little bit of breaking news. A little bit. Not really contract? breaking news. Yeah. I was so just details, reading that. Okay. The details on Matthew Judon's contract are in from Field Yates. We can run through these real quick. And then I do want to talk about, I know we got to wrap up. I know you got to go do a second show. <laughs> but yeah, you're, you're, you're playing me today. No second podcast yeah. me today. I'll be on, on the Sports Hub tonight from 7 to 11 with Brendan Glasheen. Um, $7 million signing bonus for Judon. 
7 million base salary. So that's actually dropped from 11 to seven, but he gets the signing bonus. Uh, Per game roster bonuses stayed the same. Incentives go from 500,000 to 3 million. And his cap hits now a little under 16 and a half. So they they basically they gave him, what is it? Seven. They gave him like $10 million sort of upfront. Yeah. To basically sign, to basically come back. They were like, here's 10 million bucks. And then extra like two and a half in the incentives. So good that that's done. He was kind of limited still today, which we expected. We didn't expect, you know, from the sign and be just fully thrown into the fire. He was busy yesterday that we talked about, you know, just looked like Matthew Judon. And then today kind of maybe a step back. He didn't compete in one-on-ones, but just good to have that that over with him signed. He's happy. He said, I'm happy. They're happy. He acknowledged yesterday even that, like, hey, they didn't have to do that. But they just, you know, they rewarded me and they helped me. And now I can go help the team. So good to, good to have that done and Matt Judon kind of back and reengaged here. But we should probably still expect some limited days on, on the summer, which – Makes sense because he was one of those guys that's kind of faded in years past. So yeah, I I, I do think he's going to be a workload guy, and he kind of alluded to that yesterday. Yep, and we did get a not a roster move, but a workout. This so good, yeah, this was the other thing I wanted to talk about. Good pal uh, Troy Flowers back in town for for a workout today. If you need to add another one of those linebacker types to your roster projection. So before I before I give my take on Thornton or on sorry not on Thornton on Flowers, Trey Flowers super interesting workout for the Patriots. Maybe maybe they found him on LinkedIn Talent Solutions. Um, super interesting <laughs> candidate for the Patriots. They actually worked him out back in March too, and yeah. I I believe that there was a serious discussion at the time about signing him. Obviously, it didn't yeah. ultimately happen, but it wasn't just a hey we're going to see where you're at. You know that emergency list thing. I think it was a level more than that. We kind of talked before. I don't know that there's room for another edge guy. Maybe this is a Jamie Collins situation. Remember where he was on the practice squad? He like he I think he played what was it one or two games, but yeah. just being around as a veteran <clears throat> presence, he made a big difference. But I, I don't hate the idea of adding Trey Flowers, especially if they're down on a guy like Anthony Jennings. Or look, I think Keon White's ready. He looks ready. But if they're not as high on him as I am, then yeah, adding a guy like like Trey Flowers would make sense. Yep. Was that last year or two years ago with Collins? Last year. That was last yeah. year. Yeah. Because it was so he only pl- he only played like one or two games, but he was here all year. Wasn't it after wasn't it like after the Packers game that Mac Wilson like really struggled and then they signed Collins and everyone's like, Oh, Collins is coming in to like take his his snaps, and then he barely played played like yeah. two games. Yeah. Yeah. So that'd be interesting. He's he's only he turns 30 this month, I believe. Trey Flowers is still only 29, which is wild. But he's had some injury issues the last few years. But he comes in here and he's part of a rotation. If he does crack that rotation, so maybe you can keep him fresh. Maybe something like Amphrey Jennings, where he's playing a 30 or defensive snaps mostly in the run game. But yeah, if you want to add another body, obviously experienced here, it would be an interesting addition and good veteran leadership. Because you have some of those younger guys there and in a key on white. Yeah, so it, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. But I, excuse me, again, I don't think that's nothing. I think that's something to keep yeah. an eye on. I don't think this is simply the, 
uh, emergency list updating kind of thing. Yeah, they've had some interest in him this whole this whole offseason, it seems. So yeah. still two open roster spots, still expecting a running back probably at some point, maybe after this preseason game, or maybe they see how the, the sophomores hold up in the joint practices next week against Green Bay. I know Jeff Howe had it yesterday that they're still highly interested in Zeke. So probably still looks like a running back at some point here on the radar, but we'll see how they kind of fill those two open roster spots here. Yeah. I I, mean, I still think running backs in play too. I still think that's definitely in play. Yeah. Just such a, and those are, those are things where I, I, I think you potentially, they, they tend to use, they have days where they'll do that. Like spots that make sense on the schedule after the first preseason game, at some point between there and their trip to green Bay, whenever they leave for green Bay, I believe it's going to be Tuesday. That would be when I would expect if they're going to make a signing, I think it would be in that window. Yep. That would make sense. So maybe some roster shuffle coming next few days after the preseason game, but any other last takeaways from, from today's rainy, rainy practice down there at Gillette? Um, I'm ready to dry off. I came right. Like, obviously we were like yeah. coming on cause we were both stuck in traffic. Like I'm still in a wet shirt. I'm, I'm just ready to get dry. And then nice. drive back to the sports hub, 98.5 tonight, 7 to 11. It was nice to go from the wet practice fields to the freezing cold press box. Right yes. After, so. <laughs> yeah, that was that was welcoming. At least they had some Chick-fil-A waiting for yes. us. So that was nice. But, um, yeah, if that's it, we, we can wrap up here and yep. follow Alex over on Twitter, at RealAlexBarth. Go read all his training camp coverage and listen to him tonight on the radio at 98.5 thesportshub.com. Follow me on Twitter at I am Brian Hines. You go read all my work over at patspulpit.com. And thank you all, as always, for tuning in, and we will see you tomorrow.